Big 12 men's basketball couldn't be crazier. And somehow that team started 0-3 is right back in the thick of a conference championship. This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears, alongside Jackson Posey with Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Uh, Jackson, Baylor basketball started 0-3. I was worried about the team, worried about their trajectory, and did not think they would finish better than 8-10 in Big 12 play, which, which would have still been a pretty good record. The Big 12 is a great conference. And now we are midway through the Big 12 season, and here are the Baylor Bears squarely, squarely in a place where they could win their third straight regular season Big 12 title. It's, it's a fantastic turnaround from a Baylor team. Wait a that, second, what are you wearing? Uh, this is a authentic Southwest Conference merch. Baylor Southwest Conference basketball. Mm-hmm. Funny because right behind me, I have a Baylor Southwest basketball, Southwest Conference basketball poster. Good, nicely done, Jackson. You bring that to this show. That's why I like having you on. Right. What you? What were you saying about basketball? You know, Drake. In a world gone tragic, mm-hmm. you're so classic. Just want to throw that out there. Is that a song lyric? That is a song lyric. Okay, yes. great. I, I know you're really in touch with the kids these days, so just wanted right. to. Remind you of that. Yeah, so really great turnaround for Baylor after starting 0-3. And this it's a thing that really any team in this conference is susceptible to do at any moment. Kansas is 0-3 right now for just the fourth time under Bill Self. Uh, Baylor obviously was just 0-3. Texas Tech is has gone 0-3 multiple times in a row. So yeah. re- really brutal conference right now. For sure. Uh, the Bears are not alone. You're exactly right in their woes. Um, Kansas is seeing that right now. Tech, Kansas State just took a loss. You take one off the chin at Hilton Coliseum where they were close to Iowa State, as close as really anybody's played Iowa State uh, in Ames. So they're still in a good spot to win the conference. Texas confuses me a lot. I don't really – like they fired their head coach. They're still 6-2 and two in Big 12 play. Uh, and TCU also confuses me a lot. It just there, – there's a pod of schools. Iowa State, Kansas State, Texas, TCU, Baylor, and Kansas – Jackson, those teams are all within a game of each other in the Big 12 to win the league. Who, who's going to win the league out of that group? If you know, you can make a lot of money in Vegas That's right now. Like the, I, I heard the question posed earlier on some other podcasts that I won't mention because this is the only podcast. But True. is it more likely that the Big 12 has a four-way tie for first place or a first one-way tie for first place? Mm. right is it, is it a sole winner or are there four teams it really is that uh glotted together right now and so I, I mean i would lean towards one four is a lot of teams right but right. uh you if you told me right now that kansas won the league sure you know like they're one of the best teams in the country baylor was picked, picked preseason to win it tcu just went and crushed the jayhawks in lawrence right like True. they're what eight teams and eh, maybe not eight there's six teams in this conference that realistically could make a final four, maybe even win a final four game uh, if you're being a little generous to Iowa state. And so, yeah, I, it, it really is still anyone's game at this point. Yeah. TCU beat Kansas by a lot in, in uh, at Allen Fieldhouse while having lost their previous game on the road to at the time, arguably the worst team in the conference in West Virginia, the only winless team in the conference at this point, West Virginia with a win at Lubbock, uh, Texas tech is 0 eight now. Texas Tech 
is 0 and 8. They've not won a game of Big 12 basketball. West Virginia was to me their best shot in a home game. They the rest of this stretch is pretty bleak for them. This is a to me tournament worthy Texas Tech roster. They have shown flashes this season of a team that could make the big dance, but they're not going to come close to getting in with the resume they have right now. Like for some reason they can't win a, a Big 12 basketball game. And we've talked about how deep this conference is. There's one team that doesn't really fit into that. That's now 0-8 Texas Tech. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, and Texas Tech in the Big 12 SEC Challenge coming up, they've got LSU, who is 9-3 at home, right? LSU is the home team here. Uh, I I don't really see that being – and I, I do believe Texas Tech is favored in that game. But if they don't win that one, you go home against Iowa State, who's on an absolute tear right now, just beat Kansas State, you know, not in the most convincing fashion, but they, you know, a win is a win. Uh, then they're at Baylor, at Oklahoma State, who's fighting to, you know, secure a spot in the tournament. Uh, Texas, and then I guess you have another chance at West Virginia. But again, this is not a team that is definitely going to win a Big 12 game. That's a big fall from grace from a team that just a couple of years ago was in the Final Four. Yeah, well, we'll look, we'll get into Baylor and the rest of the stretch for Baylor because you talked about that Texas Tech game coming up. Uh, but even even brushing through the last couple of Big 12 teams here that we haven't got to, the Oklahoma schools, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, at three and five, OSU is going to make a case. There's there's not really a, a chance for an under a team under 500 overall to get in the big dance. So both OU and Oklahoma State will have to clean it up down the stretch. Uh, but to me, it's it's almost odd how four teams have pretty squarely put themselves at the bottom of this league. I thought it would be not as top heavy. And by top heavy, I mean six teams, which is over half the league at the top. Uh, so top heavy even as, as a bit of a misnomer, but now you've got teams like Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, who to me again, in the ACC, they are in the top five teams in the conference, but it just feels like the big 12 right now is different. Yeah. And it, everything is relative, right? Because yes, there is a clear top tier and then other tier within the big 12. But if you look in the Ken Palm rankings, nine of the top 10 teams in the conference are in the top 51, yeah. right? The only team outside the top 51 is winless in league play. And I believe was still in the top 50 as of a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, For sure. You get beat up by the brutal schedule. You'll drop a little bit, right? But even West Virginia, number 24 in the country, and they're clearly not in the top six yeah. of this own one conference, right? This, I, I don't think that we've seen throughout history, really in any sport, uh, made like, you know, money-making sport, a conference that has been this dominant in all of the levels throughout, right? The, the phrase, right? Like the, the big 12 is what the sec football thinks it is. Yeah. That's actually true this year. Like truly top to bottom, every single team has the potential to win a game in the NCAA tournament. And there are going to be a couple odd men out, but they're going to make it. Yeah, I, I love the mention of West Virginia there because they're also they're tied with Oklahoma at two and six, just went to Lubbock and picked up a double digit win. That's another feather in their cap. They're 24th in the nation in Ken Palm, 12 and eight overall. They're still a tournament team, but barely hanging on the edge of that. I think uh, Joe Lenardi had him out in his last bracket projection. Also, I love, I love we got to the time of the year where Joe Lenardi comes up. That name just means March to me. Uh, so West Virginia's got a fighter's chance. Texas Tech season is over, but there are nine teams in this league that will vie for a spot in the tournament. And now six teams that will vie for a big 12 championship. 
Kansas, Baylor, TCU, Texas, Kansas State, Iowa State, six teams, and any of them, I could say Iowa State Big 12 champion, and you wouldn't bat an eye because it's that even. But Jackson, let's talk about Baylor's chances. Let's get into those Bears. This is the Locked on Baylor podcast, after all. But first, let's get into your chances, SU at home. Bing, 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 of winning money. FanDuel. FanDuel is it. It's where it's where I make money. Passive income, FanDuel. I go to shot quality. I love shot quality. It is. It projects the correct spread of a college basketball game 50% of the, 57% of the time. So if you play all of the best bets on shot quality, they have a 57% win percentage. That is, it's like out of thousands of games, 57%. So you're guaranteed over the course of the season to win money. So if you were a million dollar better, a million dollars on every game, you would be up $127 million this year, I think. That's insane. And all of that, all of those bets can be made at FanDuel. Right now, go make a $5 bet. Get $150 in free bets, guaranteed. Guaranteed, $5 bet, $153. Uh, That is in free play, by the way, not just like dollars to you. But it is FanDuel.com slash locked on. It has your favorite bets from money lines to point spreads, player props, this weekend's games between the Chiefs and the Bengals. And the other teams, the Eagles and the Niners, all that's a fan duel as well. It's an app that's safe, it's secure, it's easy to use. $5 gets you $150 in free play. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel, the official sponsor of the NFL, the betting sponsor of the NFL. J-Poe, J-Pose, Jackson, if you will. Baylor men's basketball has now won five straight games in Big 12 play. They've got Arkansas this weekend. There are there are questions still about this team. They live and die by the three. There are questions about the lineup. You haven't seen a lot of Dale Bonner. Dale Bonner has effectively been taken out of this lineup. Will Jonathan Chamo Chacho return? That's a new storyline that was pretty unexpected, but he is making waves right now in his recovery process. But looking at the future of this team in the Big 12, to you, what are the odds they win this league? It's hard to put a specific, I mean, unless you're, you know, Nate Silver, who might be out of a job now. It's interesting. Uh, But it's hard to put a specific number on it. Uh, I would say that Baylor is in as good of a spot as anyone else right now. The biggest concern to me would be how consistently can you guard players in the front court? You have a team like Kansas State, right? Keontae Johnson, Uh, even a team like Kansas, right, who you saw Baylor shut down on Monday night. The, the Big 12 is very heavy on great forward play, yeah. and I think Baylor really only has one high-level wing defender, uh, that being Jalen Bridges, and not a lot of strong rim defense. I think you have the potential there uh, with players like Josh Ojemuna, uh, Flo Thamba when he's playing it, uh, his potential, right? I don't think you have one central guy, right? Like the the best college basketball teams in recent years have had experienced guards and they've had experienced high scoring big men. Baylor has the experienced guards, right? They have Adam Flagler. They have LJ Cryer. They don't really have that scoring post presence that so many great teams in recent memory have had. And so without that anchor, that, that is a concern for me as we get further into March, right? Like, is this really going to be a team that lives by the three? Because Eventually, you're going to die by the three. Houston Rockets go over 27 that one time, being the biz- biggest example. But Baylor throughout the season, when they've struggled from the perimeter, it's been very clear that they don't really have a clear plan on where to score next. And so that would be my biggest concern is, okay, how far can Baylor really go 
if they can't figure out a way to consistently score inside. Yeah. Oh, I, I, they are 362nd according to shot quality in low post frequency. They don't get the ball inside. They don't want to go. What's that? What is that good? No, no, no. It's not good. It's not good, okay. by the way. Uh, they don't get the ball inside. They don't want to get the ball inside. Flo Thamba's not going to post up and call, you know ask for the basketball. Josh O is probably not doing that either. Maybe for the better. Um, those two guys, I think, work so well when the ball is being moved around the perimeter and they can find an open cut from the high post to the low post. Uh, so, look, I'm not too upset with that, but you're right. This team, live and die by the three. But I, I want I want to I want to tweak it a little bit because sometimes this team dies by the three and they win. Kansas game, nine for 30 behind the arc. So many possessions. I'm looking over at you. We were sitting together and saying, what is the offense? There's not an offense. They're not doing anything. They're just kind of dribbling the ball around. And then mm, here Langston Love takes a shot or LJ Cryer or Adam Flagler. And it's working for them. Nine for 30 from deep, but if they keep rebounding, the offensive glass, the way they're hitting the offensive glass, they can continue to miss threes and still win games if guys like Caleb Lohner, Jalen Bridges, Flo Thamba are pulling down boards the way they are. Yeah, I mean, there there are examples, right? Like earlier, uh, what was it, last week, seven for 20 against Oklahoma, right? Like that... And really throughout the game, they were shooting horribly from the field. Yeah. And you still managed to pull out that win. That was an ugly yeah. win, but it's a win. It was a and stupid so, game. I hated that game. Oh, I, I heard you complaining about that for a long time on the podcast. But uh, yeah, if you if you can win those ugly games, that that makes me a lot more confident in this team moving forward. But also, should is it really a plus that they missed? Well, they shot, what, 21 of 58, I think? Yeah. yeah. 36% from the field. I don't I don't really know if we're taking that as a positive, right? It's not good. Yeah. And ultimately, and we can talk about this team's offensive struggles. They're second in adjusted offense on Ken Palm. Yeah. They score points. The question is, can you be confident? Hey, I'm going to this guy and he's going to score in the biggest moment and put us ahead. Adam Flagler has done that occasionally. Keontae George seems like a guy who could do that. LJ Cryer potentially could do that. Uh, but I don't think we've had one guy consistently, and not that there have been many opportunities, but I don't think there's been anyone consistently stepping up to be, hey, I'm the alpha, right? It's a lot of different guys in here. And I, I wonder what this team is going to look like once someone eventually rises to the top of that offense. Mm, that's good. That's good. The the idea that Keontae George could be that guy, who we've not talked about a lot on this podcast, is some something that is prevalent to me. I mean, that needs to be Keontae George. He's the best player on the floor, uh, not just for Baylor, but against most of the opponents they play. He's just the guy out there. Going into the tournament, he's got to be on. He's got to have six good games in the NCAA tournament for Baylor to be able to make it to a Final Four, win a national championship. But sticking solely Big 12, looking at the rest of the schedule coming up, the Arkansas game on Saturday, win or loss? That's a win. Arkansas, yeah. yeah. Nick Smith down, not a lot of shooting. I, I think that's a pretty easy win. Yeah, kind of a floundering Arkansas team a little bit. They did beat LSU. Good defense, held them like 40 points. Uh, but it's an Arkansas team's got a lot to figure out. So now you get to stretch where three games, two of them are some of the easiest left on the schedule. You go to Texas on Monday. That's tough. Well, I mean, we're doing a little do a little, uh, little checkup here, midseason checkup for Baylor. You like the odds for the bears at UT, especially after winning six straight. Uh, I, I think this, 
could be one of the more interesting games of the season. Uh, eventually, you know, with that winning streak, it's got to fall at some point. It's got to break. And Texas runs a very interesting scheme, right? Not a not a lot in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of good perimeter players, wing type players. Uh, and I'm not really sure how that's going to match up with Baylor's really guard heavy lineup. Um, I, yeah, I could see that one going either way. I think that's pretty much a toss up, especially in Austin. Might give the Longhorns the edge there. Now, here's the good news. Say that Baylor loses that game, falls to 5-4 and four in conference play. You get Texas Tech, Oklahoma, both at home, at TCU, and then West Virginia at home. Three of those four games should automatically be wins. So you padded your schedule a little bit more, gotten yourself to at least nine, at least eight and four in conference, eight and five in conference play, uh, and at best nine and four in conference play. I think this is the part of the schedule coming up, that Texas Tech at home, Oklahoma at home, TCU on the road, West Virginia at home. That's where Baylor wins the league if it's going to win the Big 12. It's really hard to beat a good team twice, and TCU dominated Baylor for much of that game, dominated Kansas for much of that game. And, uh, yeah, I, I see Baylor going into Fort Worth. I don't think it'll be by double digits, but I think they'll get a convincing win over the Horn Frogs in that one. Uh, if they don't, I would be very concerned about how they're going to fare against teams like Texas that have more length than the Bears do. Yeah, oh, dude, I, I would be concerned at least with how Baylor – will play out in the Big 12. I mean, they, which, look, they can finish fourth in the Big 12, still win a national championship. But if we're talking about who's going to win this league, you've got to win three out of four there. Uh, and you put yourself at nine wins, and eight wins in conference play. And you've you've got... Yeah, that's it with the Texas loss, by the way. You've got to clean up, take care of business, which you weren't doing that 0-3 streak at home. And then you get into on the road at Kansas, on the road at Kansas State, at home against Texas... Those three suck at Oklahoma State. Doesn't get pretty very easy at Gallagher-Iba. And then Iowa State at home, who's playing really good basketball and is at the top of the Big 12. While you get a three out of four game stretch where you're playing easier teams at home, that last five games is a gauntlet. The Big 12, you've got to be within striking distance, clear striking distance, or even a game lead prior to getting to those five games, or this one's all but somebody else's. Yeah, last I saw, the uh, general consensus was that the winner of the Big 12 was going to have 11-12 wins. Yeah, which is wild. But 11-7 and seven can win you the Big 12. That's nuts. And it's going to be really tough to get there, too. I mean, like, like you're saying, right? You win, and, and I do think that's going to be a win over TCU. You get four straight wins in there. Uh, that puts you at nine. There's not an yeah. easy place for the rest of those wins to come from, right? You you hope you can beat Iowa State at home. You hope you can go to Oklahoma State and win that game. That gets you to 11, but you're you're waiting until the last two weeks of the season to lock in that 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the very least, or at the at the most, I think that's probably a shared Big 12 title. And so, yeah, not not a very clear path to many more wins for a team that really should have beaten. TCU at home earlier in the season. Yeah, if you change that TCU and Kansas State game, things are a lot different for Baylor. You really feel comfortable coming down the stretch here, uh, and now you don't. I don't think comfortable is the great word for the odds that this team can go on and win the Big 12 in the regular season. Sitting at 5-3, and three, possible, comfortable, mm, two very different things. Jackson, let's go personnel-wise. The way this team has looked the last couple games, and one guy I want to hone in on first is Dale Bonner. 
I thought he could be a Devontae Bandu type who was such a key piece of that 2019-2020 team. I uh, thought he could be a great complimentary guard, building part of the, a new three-headed monster. And he's gotten to the point where with Langston Love's progress, they've just filtered him out of the lineup altogether. Yeah, Dale Bonner has not scored more than four points in a game since December 20th. That was the Northwestern State game. It's been uh, a long time since December 20th, by the way. It has. It's been a very long time since December 20th. And, I mean, most people probably only know that game because Emmanuel Hansel did not play. and We were all yeah. sad. Guy's got one uh, arm. He does have one arm, but two arms worth of talent. It's very heartwarming. It's all um, heart. Yeah, but Dale, Dale Bonner is a really interesting case study in a player who really just doesn't fit in a rotation but has the talent to be at the very least a six man, maybe like solidly in the starting lineup at a lot of schools. Yeah. The problem is you're starting three guards already and you've got Langston love coming off the bench. At a certain point, you have to have an odd man out. And when that odd man out is six, two I'm seeing his list at like, this is a team that needs more depth on the wing. This is a team that potentially needs more depth uh, in the paint there's just not really a clear spot for him, which is really unfortunate. Uh, but I think once you get into the tournament, I think you'll see him, you know, popping out onto the court a little more often to deal with other teams' lead guards. Hmm. So we've checked out the Dale Bonner box, which is to me still just kind of a, he, he is a starter to me on a lot of power five college basketball teams, but it doesn't even get minutes for Baylor. And if you bring Jonathan Chamochachua back in the mix, that obviously, despite them being at different positions, is going to change things even more for guys, anybody on the bench, uh, namely Josh Ojanwuna and Flo Thamba getting some more relief. But a guy I want to hone in on who's actually in the starting lineup, and I, I forget that sometimes, who a buddy of mine made a decent, not great, but decent comparison between Jalen Bridges and Mark Vidal, just in that Jalen Bridges is kind of that clutch factor. Mark Vidal wasn't going to hit a big three down the stretch, but he just had that odd dog in him where you needed a big block or a big play. Mark Vidal was kind of the guy to do that. Jalen Bridges has stepped up as a new piece of this team. I didn't love what he brought to the floor for the first few weeks of the season, but now in this stretch, this win streak in Big 12 play, he has been just key. Yeah, at the, so through the first uh, 15 games of the season, Jalen Bridges was averaging nine points and five rebounds, not really great percentages from the field or anywhere else. During this five-game win streak, he's bumped that up to 12 points and eight rebounds yeah. and shooting 58% from the field. This is a guy whose transformation over the last couple of weeks has really altered the course of Baylor basketball. Without him stepping up, uh, you probably don't – get that win over a school like West Virginia. You definitely don't get that win uh, over who was it? Oklahoma. When he hit those three threes down the stretch, he hadn't hit more than two in a game for Baylor before that game. He hits three in the last couple minutes. Jalen Bridges, I truly believe is the key to Baylor having success the rest of the season to having success in the tournament. If he's on, then this team looks completely different adds a completely new dimension. Um, I think this team will really go as far as he goes. Mm, Jalen Bridges, the X factor for Jackson Posey. Last guy that I'll throw out here and give to you, Jackson. Uh, one that has stepped up a lot defensively, still can be a liability at times, 
but is lovable as all and is a now Baylor cemented in, in Baylor lore, Flo Thamba. Got a little Flo Thamba. I mean, yeah, that's a great, great way to put it. Great start to the game against Kansas, by the way. He was, I believe he had multiple rebounds, maybe multiple blocks in the first five minutes. Um, and yeah, definitely brings energy. Definitely. Uh, you know, I mean, he gets up and down the court. I, my, my main concern with him is I'm not sure he can anchor a defense against a guy like Drew Timmy, for example, which if your concern is that you can't guard Drew Timmy, you're in a pretty good spot. Uh, but I, I do think the return of Jonathan Chamuachachua, uh, potentially even to play alongside a guy like Josh Ojanwuna or Flo Thamba, hmm. I think that would really light a spark in the Baylor defense because they're really having to hedge towards the paint right now. I want to alter what you said a little bit because obviously Flo Thamba did play Drew Timmy earlier this year. I mean, those guys have seen each other a couple times now. He doesn't have the athleticism to consistently put up with athletic postmen. Uh, Drew Timmy moves a lot. Flo Thamba does not move a lot, and that's okay. Azabuki, who played for Kansas a couple years ago, didn't move a lot, but he was great. I mentioned him all the time because he was such a bit a force, a big man down low. Flo Thamba, no. Jonathan Chambochachua, yes. Josh Ojanwuna, yes. Those guys are a little bit more athletic and bring you that spark off the bench. Flo Thamba is just the big, meaty rock who stands in the paint and does a great job now. I think like, his defense has progressed a ton. And he brings a lot to if Flo Thamba and Jalen Bridges are playing well because of the three headed monster at the guard, as long as one or two of those guys are playing well, you've got a fighter's chance. But if Flo Thamba and Jalen Bridges are both playing well, this team might be the best in the country still. And I really believe that. Yeah. Locked in Flo Thamba really allows this team to play a different style of basketball against a team like Kansas. Uh, you saw when Baylor was succeeding, it was because Kansas couldn't get anything in the paint, right? They're, they're just running around the outside trying to set screens and jacking up bad three-pointers because Flo was playing the directions and the angles so well. He's what fifth-year senior, I think, at this point. Like He has the experience. He knows what's going on. And so if you can get him locked in, I, I think that really is helpful really on both ends of the court, right? If, if you can get him to be a consistent screen setter and Keontae George, get him going downhill a little bit more, um, that might be the answer Baylor's looking for, for scoring a bit more inside. I love it. Jackson, if people love you, where can they find you? Uh, if people love me, um, please DM me on Tinder. Um, also, follow me on Twitter. Uh, would probably, you know, like to boost those numbers a little more than my Tinder numbers. Might need to download a Tinder. We'll see. Uh, only if they're a sponsor, though. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at by Jackson Posey. Uh, my writing is online uh, at Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Uh, and if you want to watch Lorena High School basketball, woo! I'm I clicking do. the button to turn on the commercials for that. So, having a great time. Wow, big production guy. I'm Drake Toll. It's Jackson Posey from Lorena Football. I'm from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. This has been always will be. Come back tomorrow. Your local rowdy gentleman and somebody who, has li who I've listened to for a long time, John Neighbors, joins the show. Covers the University of Arkansas, Locked On Razorbacks. We're going to talk about that game preview because it's huge. This has been Always Will Be Locked On. Is that an Arkansas license? Thank you for making it your first person every single day. Baylor.